Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. Woohoo! Please accept. I accept the recording. <laughs> awesome. How are you doing? Holy moly. Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm in a good place. Things have shifted a lot in the last... Uh, when the heck was the last time we recorded a podcast? Like a month ago? I feel like it was only two weeks ago. Was it? <laughs> Why does it feel like it was a month ago? Maybe because the weather's changed that month in the last two weeks. So we've gone from spring to winter to summer to spring again. And like, it's, that's just Manitoba weather for you. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I don't know. Time has been weird. I mean, this entire year, time has been weird. <laughs> Yeah, like January flew by and then February drags and then March blinks and it's done. And now we're already in like the middle of it. Well, we're almost the middle of April again already. And April's a short month. Yeah. Yay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy to believe that like a quarter of the year's already gone. We're into the second quarter. I'm in denial about that. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I also actually kind of feel more aligned with the astrological year and technically we're only a month into the new year then because the astrological new year is march mm-hmm. around the full moon of march yeah because it's it's aries season isn't it when we step into aries yes yes that would make sense because that is the forefront of the zodiac and which is great for me because i have aries as, as a in my chart it's prominent i'm leo libra but aries um moon so Aries month is my jam and Libra month is my jam and Leo Ryzen's my jam and you know (laughs) apparently it's also Aaron's jam because she's so excited she's banging her elbows on the desk I was was celebrating too hard man Um. (laughs) that's amazing can we celebrate the fact that we're recording in the evening and it's still daylight yeah actually I mean I can't see it from where I'm sitting but yay Woo, it's still it's like twilight ish like it's like that time where it's about 15 minutes before the streetlights kick on you know which i like that weird eerie blue haze over the whole area wherever you're staying yeah i don't know just going back to the zodiac i mean i'm a cancer sun cancer moon rising leo so <laughs> i'm fun <laughs> i know this but i didn't hear this because my internet is a bitch today no it's a bitch all the time we need to go back to the other internet provider because we have bell right now bell was in our neighborhood last fall doing all their new fiber optic stuff i took a little spin around the neighborhood earlier today and every single spot in the boulevard or on properties where these bell boxes have been put in are pools of fucking water how is my cords hanging out in water ever going to give me proper internet? Please tell me that. I don't know how those boxes really work. Like, uh, I just don't think it's, I don't know. Oh, and something else that I noticed, like for all of you 5G conspiracy people out there, you're going to fucking love this. Cause... <laughs> but anyway, um, because it was so icy, I've been helping my mom deliver her flyer route because it's so cute. She's got a little old lady has a flyer route. So cute. Um, and along the houses further down the street from where we live in one particular spot this one area only this one spot so I don't know what is the special unicorn about this one spot but it had one of these boxes in the ground but there was no snow on top of it because it melted it away 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's curious. Must be super hot. Yeah. But then why do they need to be hot? Why is it generating heat like that? That can't be safe. I am not that person that you could just ask me those questions. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> just in general, if it's an electrical box where they're like connecting things, it probably shouldn't generate that much heat that it's melting your snow in Winnipeg winters. But I'm not a fiber optics person. I'm pretty sure they aren't heat conductors, actually. I think they're light conductors. So that's even more peculiar that it would be generating enough heat to cause melting. So I'm when they come to our street to properly install the wires underground, I'm going to be asking those guys some questions. <laughs> I can just see you out there with this clipboard and be like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. I have questions. <laughs> Hopefully they're good looking. <laughs> please, please tell me that you'll go with like a black suit and like really cool sunglasses and like just <laughs> really weird questions. Like mix your legit questions in with really weird <laughs> with questions. Like- and what did you have for breakfast on Tuesday, April 12th? Like, <laughs> if you want to be like completely the opposite, you could also just go over there with a tinfoil hat. <laughs> oh, I make a top hat of tinfoil out of tinfoil. That'd be so amazing. Oh my goodness. That'd be so fun. Just go find some Reddit forums about people who are angry about 5G and then like take all of the their biggest concerns and start asking those questions. Like super Sherlock Holmes style that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) to anyone that is a Bell MTS employee I am just kidding it's all for fun this is for (laughs) entertainment purposes only because life is too fucking serious as it is we need to like actually not take things so seriously (sighs) I think also too the reason why it feels like it's been so long is because so much has happened in the last couple of weeks what is that about this year I feel like I feel like it's like nothing. We hibernate, we isolate, we like hunker down for a couple of days and so much nonsense fucking happens in a week. And then we have like a fire hose of information that needs to be shared and then processed. And then, I don't know, (laughs) like integrated, I guess. Like, yeah, that's that's wild. Did you, um, I have have to, this, this makes me, our favorite astrologer, his post today um i need to i'm gonna read it and then i don't know if you researched or not i did okay so so did i so current pluto sextile neptune and jupiter pluto trine uranus and north node 476 ad you might want to google that year you don't have to google that year because we're going to talk about it on this podcast pluto sextile neptune and jupiter same same pluto trine uranus and south node so the in Current, we're in the North Node, but in 476, it was the South Node. Aaron and I will let you, the historian, tell everyone what for what happened in 476 AD. Well, when I researched this, it was the completion. I want to be very clear because I was like curious. It was the completion of the fall of Western Rome, like the Western Roman Empire, which Oddly enough, there is a start date. So it started collapsing in 395 AD and it completed itself. I know, right? It was very odd, but it completed in the year of 476 AD, 
which is just really fascinating. So if we look at that, and I'm going to read off of the Wikipedia page. So, you know, because that's how I do my research. <laughs> that works for most not, things. Not all the time, but most of the time. Um, so basically, the fall of Western Roman Empire was the loss of the central political control in the Western Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, a process in which the empire failed to enforce its rule and its vast territory was divided into several successor um, like states or like countries or whatever. Yeah, it, they broke they apart. used the word politities, politities. I don't know. I'm like, that is a weird ass word. I'm not using it. But yeah, we're here we are. That's but yet like, I'm going to say it anyway. On the podcast. Whatever. I, I could make a dirty joke here, but we won't, we won't go there. We'll keep it PG today. I'll just swear a lot. <laughs> Which, like, that is just really, really crazy. And I mean, the whole Roman Empire, I mean, not that we're going to delve into that, but the whole Roman Empire has had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of craziness going on. Um, and it's just, it's really, really interesting to see how that completed itself and knowing what he has said previous the astrologer yeah yeah very interesting yeah so this astrologer has definitely been i I really appreciate actually his worldview take on the on what's happening in the skies um Mm. and he's you know he's modern he's modern day it's not like i mean the romans would have consulted consulted astrologers there are are many cultures still consult astrologers for what they're doing and i feel like the western world has stepped away from that and and denounced it but yet it's still here and it's going to probably outlive the internet so there's that yep (laughs) unless of course the satellites in the sky just completely take over and we can no longer see the stars because then that would suck i mean astrology would still happen though (laughs) yes you just wouldn't be able to actually see or measure it at the same could you imagine if the sky was filled with so many satellites that you couldn't actually see the constellations? It'd be really weird. That would be that really would weird. Not feel good. I feel like it would be a very electric, magnetized planet. Almost like gridlocking the communication into this like, like a dome. A dome of silence instead of a cone of silence. It's true. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's like a Freaky Friday vibe. A, a dome of silence that's meant to connect the world. Irony. But only <laughs> the world of the planet in which you live on, not the, the actual otherworldly things that are do exist on our mm-hmm. universal plane and whatever dimension you decide to connect with. <laughs> right? I don't know. Um, there was something that I, re- I saw the other day. And I want to, like, I wish I could, I'm going to try and find it awesome um because it was super hilarious more astrology stuff it was uh not astrology stuff it was like i don't know if it'll pop up again i'll search it um it was like scientists are now going to beam the location of the earth to into oh i read that article yeah out to outer space but it was against like warnings from stephen hawking's i'm like yeah and i'm just like i thought we already did that because didn't we have like some sort of you know i don't know message beamed out to wherever in space that had all this information already there was definitely something in the last couple of years where they said that they were hearing some type of quote radio signal end quote 
that they couldn't figure out where it originated from, but it was being pinged to earth. So maybe, maybe that is like a future timeline of what we're learning or like a past timeline. No, I'm thinking of reverse. Like what if we pinged the sound effect out just now, but five years ago we were hearing it come back to us, but because the way quantum energy works, it's like, it could be, ah, see, you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> maybe we're only actually talking to ourselves and aliens and witches and all those things don't actually fucking exist. <laughs> That's so crazy. Right? Like maybe oh. you or me and I am you and it's just all one big weird <laughs> Isn't that a Beatles song? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't, I'm not familiar with Beatles music, to be honest. It's not my shtick. Oh, I because I watched Across the Universe um, a couple of times and I feel like there is some i can't remember is it where i where is the walrus that song that has that that lyric in it i don't know i'm not a beatles fan neither i listened to the songs in the thing and that was a thing and it was just triggering a memory and now i'm gonna take a sip of water (laughs) (laughs) amazing um, I did not grow up in a 70s music household. I grew up in a 60s and 80s music household. Um, I think that my parents liked the Beatles, but I did not. Um, really, the only memory of any records I remember hearing them play was actually the Everly Brothers. And it was the songs that I would listen to to put me to sleep at night. And then, of course, when I no longer needed music to put me to sleep at night, then they stopped playing it. And now I sleep with a white noise fan playing because I can't handle the obnoxious sounds of my neighborhood <laughs> within my earball, earballs, eardrums when I'm trying to sleep. Um, and I will actually even make sure that I have a fan with me traveling so that I have that noise generator as well. Or I'll flip. Well, I appreciate you when we do our retreat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're the same. Yeah. I, I Cool. It's easy. I can sleep in a room by myself without a sound like without a fan Mm -hmm. but as soon as I'm sleeping with other people all their noises make me so irritated and I low-key want to murder people (laughs) so if I disappear on this retreat you guys (laughs) just kidding it was the windigos I swear the (laughs) windigos all those windy boys they they came in and they just took her I don't know (laughs) They left me unscathed. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, man. I can spin a story. It would be fine. <laughs> oh, I can spin stories too, girl. Note to self, make sure it's my vehicle we take. I, I was hoping we'd take your car anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, yeah, I got to get my windshield fixed and then we're good to go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah but yeah I was one of those people too I had to listen to music for a little while until I started singing them in my head like I would sing the songs in my head and it would not help me fall asleep so then I switched to no and then I didn't use anything but then when I moved in with my husband and someone snores sorry husband I love you um but yeah I can't I can't stand someone else's breathing when, when I'm trying to sleep. Are you a Kashuk showing? I don't know. Never tracked it, man. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, depending on, I can actually handle other people snoring. Um, for the rhythmic breathing of it and the tone of it is actually soothing. But at the same time, 
I also have experienced the rage aspect of that too. Um, something else that annoys me is that like when people are nearby and they're on speakerphone around me. Like why? I don't want to be a part of your conversation. I'm not interested. I don't know this person. I don't care to hear what you guys enjoy or don't enjoy. Like, please leave the room. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Like, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, so now I know how to piss you off. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, like if I'm awake, cool. But if I'm trying to sleep or it's like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> please. I'll, I'll make phone calls at like the most awkward time. <laughs> I'll pull the blanket over my head so you can't see me. (laughs) (laughs) Slumber parties are way more fun as adults than they ever would have been as kids. Because I think like you could just do more more fun things, right? Like when you're a child, what do you do? You watch scary movies, you eat some popcorn and some snacks and you go to bed. Yeah. You know, you maybe play with Ouija boards if that was your thing. (laughs) I actually never have touched one have you on many occasions okay i actually owned one i don't know where it went it creeped oh you want to go for a little quick story time yeah we do okay so i don't remember when i got it i think someone bought it for me as like a birthday gift (laughs) that's amazing like i think it was one of my friends or whatever when i was in i feel like i was in junior high at the time you know, when, when it's cool to be doing the Ouija board stuff. We did the Bloody Mary in the mirror three times instead of the Ouija board stuff. We freaked ourselves um, out that way instead. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I, I know that happened. I don't think I participated with it. Um, but yeah, like I, I, for whatever reason, I had a Ouija board. I don't remember if I purchased it or if, like I said, someone got it for me mm-hmm. um, as like a birthday gift or something like that. But I remember I was kind of all in on like this occulty shit. And I was like, I'm going to play with the Ouija board. I think I still had, I feel like I still had my bunk beds at this time. So I was pretty young. Um, And so I sat in my room and I was was doing it on my own. And I know nothing about protection or like, you know, calling in a circle or, or opening up a circle or whatever, anything like that. So I'm like sitting there and I'm like, asking questions and it's like sort of moving but I'm like oh but it's totally me you know whatever and then my light starts flickering and I was like oh ooh, this is creepy and I'm like okay cool stop and it stopped and I was like oops <laughs> so then I was like okay mm-hmm. but is it actually and so I like asked another question and like the light would flicker again. I'm like, I, nope, I'm out, like shoved it in the box and threw it away or not threw it away, but threw it into my room somewhere in the corners of my bookshelf. Um, yeah, hopefully not under your bed. Cause it's probably not ideal. No, I like tossed it in my corner. Um, but it was very strange. Um, yeah. Like I just, it's really interesting. And I, I remember when I used to live with my ex, um, like God, long time ago, they had a light, um, not they, but the house that we had, uh, or that I lived in with him. Um, he had like a light at the bottom of the stairs in the basement. So we lived in the basement part of the house. And 
so there's a light at the bottom of the stairs and it's on the outside of the bedroom and I can see it from sitting in like the living room area of the basement and there would be times I can't remember what was going on or whatever but like I would think I was sort sort of awakening to this stuff um and I remember sitting there I was all alone in the house because his he still lived with his mom at the time so his mom lived upstairs and then um like no one was home it was just me and I remember that the lights started flashing out of nowhere like flickering right so I was like what the heck and I got the idea of like talking to it don't know where it came from but I was like cool like maybe it's a ghost you know so I was like ooh, if you're a ghost stop flickering and it stopped and I was like okay if you're a ghost start flickering and then so it starts flickering and I'm like oh shit <laughs> and then I <laughs> asked a few questions and it was answering me based on how I was asking questions so I was like I can't do this anymore go away please <laughs> this is too creepy <laughs> <laughs> So apparently that's a signal. Ghosts will just play with the lights for me. Hmm, That's wild. I've never actually thought to communicate with ghosts in that way. Like for me, mediumship is just like telepathy, like just having a conversation with the dead person as if they were alive still, but I feel their presence and I get information in the brain that just appears that is often confirmed. So, I mean... I don't know that I'm brave enough. Like, not going to lie, as much as I have these psychic skills, I'm still a chicken shit. <laughs> Especially <laughs> alone in the dark in a basement or in the forest. Like, that's an bueno for me. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> I'm aware. I'll admit it. <laughs> have you ever had... Okay, this is going to be a random off topic, but kind of on the topic of lights. Have you ever experienced street lights going out when you drive or walk underneath them? No, but I have um, had a different experience with the sun. It wasn't quite sunset and my periphery was like, I was on my way to an evening job in the downtown area and I was taking this side road, kind of the back way to try and avoid the main drags because traffic is crazy at that time. And I was driving down this road and the sun was behind me and it wasn't, like it was winter e, so it was like probably in the hour before sunset. So it was lower in the, in the horizon. And in the periphery, as I was driving, I caught the sunlight out of the corner of my eye. And then my eyesight went in tones of green only. Ooh. And I was like, tripped out a little bit for a second. And I was like, did I just like, what was that all about? Like, was that another dimension? Did I just go through a time warp? I'm not really sure. But then I blinked my eyes and kind of gave my head a bit of a shake and my eyesight corrected itself. But I was like, it was actually like, as if rather than looking like, because they say that the iris reverses the image in your brain. It was almost like as if it wasn't reversed anymore. And I was like, this is really wild. It was really wild. And I was like a little unsettled because I was also behind the wheel of the car, right? So I'm like, if something is happening with my eyesight, like I need to pull over. I need to stop. But if this is paranormal, like not while I'm driving, yo. And then fast forward a couple of years to just last last year. Sometime in the last two years, my uncle was still alive because he was with me. Mm-hmm. And I was driving all along the similar route and I my eyes kind of did that focus shift again and I tripped out a bit and I thought am I going in the wrong direction to your house and he's like no (laughs) like he was making fun of me a little bit he's like are you okay like 
And I was like, no, seriously, like, why does it feel like I felt like this really weird deja vu time bend experience in the same kind of corner of this neighborhood. So I'm actually kind of wondering if that was a bit of a vortex or something that I tapped in on or a ley line or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's that's literally the extent of my weird lighting um, experiences. It's not, I've never had lights like or I've seen candles dance in different ways. And I've had candles speak to me where like they increase their flame on their own or they flicker or they pop or they whiz or whirl or whatever. Um, but it's never been, I think I would freak out if it was actual light. So I don't really know that I want to go there. Thank you very much. Ghosties. If you're listening, I'm not interested in that. I don't want poltergeist activity. Stick to the candles. <laughs> okay. So that's really interesting because, and it's a, it's a phenomenon and I can't remember what it's called, but I, from like, ever since I was like a little girl, like, I don't remember how far back it was, but like, there would be times where I would walk under um, streetlights or when I'm driving now, I can drive under a streetlight and the light will turn off. And I'm like, okay, cool. And like, I never really thought much of it, um, but it'll happen. Like if I go, like, if it's just one, I'm just like, oh, it's just one. And then the next one will do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's just, I don't know. It must be the grid. And then the next one will do it. And I'm like, but it's as I'm driving under them or as I'm walking under them, I'm like, oh shit. So it's like, if I, di- if I say like, oh no, like if I totally discredit that it was even any like remotely me, they'll come on with more sequence. If I accept it, it's only one. It's so weird, but it's like my energy. <laughs> I think anyway. Yeah, there's um, magnetization there, right? Yeah. That you're actually drawing on the light. Yeah, I don't know how I do it. I don't know why I do it, but also I knew when I was really young too, like I couldn't wear analog watches because I would either freeze the time or I would speed it up. Like I can't, I can't wear analog. I don't know how I'm getting away with my Apple Watch. I don't know. It's weird technology or Different something. technology is what I'm hearing, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So I'm going to test that theory when we're on this drive to the retreat because I can't do it on command, but well, we'll, no, but like, you never know. We'll see. Right. Carol starts throwing me under lights. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can do it. (laughs) Carol and Aaron invade Alberta in July of 2022. Stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned. It'll It'll be fun. Yeah, I think so. I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. me too I'm very excited um yeah I think it'll be really cool to see what we end up getting up to as well because I know you have some some things planned so we need to I mean obviously we're not going to plan our trip on this podcast episode but Mm -hmm. we should sit down and kind of once dates are finalized we should figure out when that's going to be so we can absolutely yeah there are some things in Alberta that I want to explore my all-time favorite tattoo artist is out there so I'm definitely as soon as we know the dates the better because the faster I can book her for the day to get my tats finished (laughs) so excited and um, I have friends out there too that I would love to connect with as well so Um, Mm -hmm. and just exploring like I'm still saying this out loud that I think I want to live in Calgary area for a while and be closer to the mountains and be able to explore those hiking trails all the time and just be in a different energy, a different city energy for a while. And like, there's so many businesses in that city that I love that we don't have here that I don't know that 
Winnipeg is the vibe for either, you know? So it's like, mm, there's just the more and more that I, I test into Alberta, the more, I guess, Akashics I create that are going to pull me that way. So I'm here for it. So I mean, even if it's just for a year, just to say like, Hey, I did it and cool. I've had the experience. And now I know that this is not for me and I can come back to my home where I was born and raised like, sure. But I'm also okay with, I mean, actually hearing from a lot of friends that they're really finding our city, our province draining energetically. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's about. I still have, we still have to track into all the fun stuff that's gone on with our parliament and whatnot with that, with our paranormal lensing a little bit, but um, yeah, there's so definitely remember, more to it. I remember we did that a little, bef- like, I don't know, were we even, that's got to be at least two years ago now. Yeah, it was two summers ago. Yeah. So, I mean, even with our increased, you know, knowledge and skills, skills, I say, um, we could probably tap into that and get more information. That would be really cool. I kind of, kind of want to go there. Cause I don't know, I guess I'm a little bit of a daredevil when it comes to spiritual work. Cause I'm like, I want to face this head on. (laughs) And then Aaron brings back creepy entities. Oh boy. And then yeah. I'm like, Carol, I don't know what's going on with me. And then we call in our cleanup crew friends. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I don't know if they're allowing, I don't know what the restriction so. yes is of well, but like they've used to offer tours, right? So like I would absolutely love to do the tour uh of the pool of the black star again of our parliament building and because I have new psychic lensing, like much different than the first time I experienced it. I was already into the stuff mm-hmm. and I can guarantee you I saw shadows when I was in the, in this certain corridors of that area. And they have talked about entity. Um, I don't want to say interference, but existence, I guess like it's a historical building. Of course, it's going to have entity ex- existence, but I have a theory that the pool of the black star is actually a vortex and that it connects with other buildings on other parts of the planet. And that would ex- be like a portal for these entities to zip in and out to get the information that they need and yada, yada. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man, knowing what I know now about how to identify different entities and what we're working with, like, I would so be down to have a conversation, but I absolutely do not want to bring home any extra friends. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But we'll it would just bring all the things. We'll bring our crystals and we'll bring our, our pendulums and we'll just be like, bring the Ouija board. We'll sit in the center and we'll be like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Watch it spontaneously combust. <laughs> well, then. Hey. And then we'll bring our recordings and we'll just record it all. And then, you know, we'll be hit on YouTube or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's great. No, we'll just probably communicate with them telepathically while we listen to the interesting tour guide. <laughs> Depends on who's doing it. If it's the writer of the book, he's actually very interesting. Uh, he's a very engaging human being to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, he was here researching that stuff so he was here on special permission and i can't imagine that lasts forever i'm sure that if he's moved like i'm sure the guys probably traveled the world and, and gone around to other historical buildings as well um but it would be interesting to have a conversation with him off record mm-hmm. like you know as well like with the psychic lensing that we have compared to what he's learned historically because it'd be the same as the dude from that ancient alien show that it's like i wasn't i'm not saying it's aliens but it was the aliens like he's kind of got that vibe a little bit actually this tour guide guy I forget his name yeah. But um, he was studying from, I think, I think he was a University of Manitoba professor, maybe, or working on a master's or something, but he was 
definitely researching the history, the history of these buildings and why they were built the way that they were built with the symbol symbolism that are is contained. Like, why does Winnipeg, Manitoba's Parliament Building have a sphinx on it? Like, there's that makes no sense logically until you look at who brought this all into fruition in the first place. So, high magic. Yes, one hundred percent. Hermetic codes. Well, we are know that it's a hermetic code stuff, but fascinating i'd like to delve into that too like now that we have a little bit more lensing on this stuff because i mean i know i've i've been open and candid about like my grandpa being a freemason and i mean obviously i'm a little biased i feel like my grandpa was a great man and i can't see them doing anything horrible um but there is this like i don't want to say conspiracy because it's not really conspiracy i feel like it's just there's there's this sense out there or this perspective out there that like the Freemasons equal the Illuminati and therefore all bad. Yeah. You know, like distortions are everywhere. Yeah. So I would really actually like, there was a little part of me that like, I don't know how many years ago it was. I would, I might've just been like in my early twenties, if not just like somewhere between 18 and like 21 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. where my grandparents were complaining about there's not enough young people in the masons and the eastern star and blah 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 blah. the eastern star for anyone not aware the order of the eastern star is actually like the mm-hmm. female version of the masons because women traditionally can't be masons yes so you would start as i think it's daughters of is it daughters of job or daughters of the nile i can't remember but it's very egyptian on the eastern star, star side you see a lot of egyptian iconic uh, icono not iconography but like wordage and things like that um it's very like key of solomon type of stuff like that's the yes. energy i get from it yes it's um true. freemasons i haven't tracked into but i've actually i was just gonna like i've probably been in the eastern star before in my lifetimes and i'm like yeah probably um but it's interesting because i actually was like i'm so interested in this stuff like in what like because it's so secretive I was like I'm gonna join them um until I found out that they're quite religious-y and I was not okay with that (laughs) yeah no I have to believe in Jesus (laughs) yeah like it's one thing to believe that he existed and it's another to like you know oh hail Jesus my savior I used to do banquets and they would sometimes host um, the order of the Eastern star ceremony and stuff. And we had some very interesting rules to follow as staff for when we could enter the space to clean and whatnot and what to leave and what to touch. But we would still walk through sometimes and just even seeing all of their, like, what's the word for it? Can't think of the word for it, but like all their stuff out on display for the ceremony, like the flags and the carpet they had and, I think there might have even been a piano that was brought in and like other stuff that was altar and lots of brass everywhere. And, but even then with my awareness, I was not necessarily like, I was kind of witchy, but I wasn't really psychically trained at all. I was probably an open door to anything and everything. Cause I didn't have any idea about energetic boundaries. And I don't know if this was the judgments and perception of the people at the hotel or if it was the actual vibe of the group not wanting intruders, because it is a mystery school type 
thing. Yeah. But when you did walk through, it was definitely an, a weird, not so inviting vibe. But it could have also been set that way to repel those that are not part of the ceremony. So like, I don't want to make them wrong for it. But what if us projecting that it's bad, wrong and like creepy and like dangerous and like whatever, that all those stories that people spin about the Freemasons and like the History Channel doesn't help at all. They are definitely biased. They definitely have a specific narrative, you know. Um, but like, what if it's actually that what we're what they're reading is what the group has created as a way to repel those that are not part of the community so that you do have that quote unquote air of mystery to keep you out of it so that you're not part of the information exchange because it's really not your I guess like if you really want to have a if you're if you're creating a ceremonial space like I know if I was hosting ceremony I would definitely have energetic boundaries put in place for my guests to be in a safe space so that that's a proper channel for information to come through mm -hmm. and I do really think like I mean, I came here to be human before anything else. I'm like, yeah, cool. We have galactic aspects and yeah, cool. We have ancestral information and I have shamanic training and I have psychic training and I have like all these other things, but there's still a part of me that has a high respect for ceremony, even if it's not necessarily an intention I want to be involved in. I still have respect for the ceremony itself mm -hmm. and the container in which it occurs itself. So, yeah, I feel that because I think like what comes to mind when you say that is like, regardless of what kind of ceremony it is, I feel like if you mess with it, there's some safeguards may not be the correct answer, but, or the correct word that I want to use, but it's almost like if you mess with it and you're malicious towards the intention of whatever the ceremony was for, things are going to come get you. And like, that could be said about black magic, white magic, gray magic, any kind of magic you know, any sort of ceremony out there, like... Including the ones that happen in churches. Right? Well, I mean, look at the Catholic Church and how ceremonial. <laughs> I mean, not that I've been to many. Um, but you don't need to be to many to know it. Right? They're very ceremonial. They're very ritual-esque. Um, you know, and I, I actually wonder how much of that is actually created by the catholic church versus adopted in when they like amalgamated a lot of the the pagan you know belief systems so i've been on an interesting thread of thought lately that was gifted to me by our friend tracy and we've been watching i've been watch. i just got on the vikings train you guys like yes i just just i haven't watched it i was never really into it I'm already pissed off with the first season, but not. I, I'm just pissed off at the characters and what's been going on, not the actual, like, series. Like, I'm still going to watch it all. It just makes, like, I get invested in these things and then I get angry about it. But what the thread of thought was actually, what would the world have looked like if the Vikings fought back harder to maintain their sovereignty and their belief system rather than acquiesce to the Christianity wave that was coming through. Mm -hmm. What would the world look like if pagans weren't ostracized and burned at the stake for being witches because there was this new wave of Christianity or whatever it was at the time, because Catholicism is also in there somewhere. And what would the world look like if religion was actually the one that was ostracized? Like, I'm not saying that I want to do that either, because I mean, 
in general, humans are looking for some form of belonging and community that is part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. And even villages that exist outside of modern society that are still on this planet occurring, like there is a place in somewhere where there is some island, I don't know if it's an island or if it's a part of one of the countries in Africa or something like that, but essentially people have tried to explore to get into this space and any drone that has flown over has been shot down by arrow. Any, um, any person that approaches the area is met with a barrage of people with weapons that they have handcrafted with whatever materials they could find in this area in which they live. So nobody knows what's going on. There is literally a group of humans on this planet that are living their best life. They have no idea about the Kardashians. They have no idea about COVID. They don't give a flying fuck about like, 5g or what's being sprayed in the air and they are like just continuing to operate within their own cultural ceremonial beliefs and like talk about blissfully unaware you know and so i feel like humans are almost doing a bit of a disservice of casting away or turning away from that the ceremony the village the community Mm -hmm. all of those things like sure i know my neighbors but we certainly don't sit around a bonfire together sharing meals and talking about our life. And I think that's kind of actually missing a little bit. And I think like what, I mean, like there's so many ways I can go off of that um, and I'll circle back. But one thing that I really want to talk about um, right now is, is that sense of community, because I mean, like we kind of, felt like we had a community I mean we had friends you've got your family around you you kind of a little bit know your neighbors you know and that was like you know in the western world it was like oh that's enough that's my community but then COVID happens and you're isolated and then you realize I don't actually know anyone (laughs) you know like yeah you still know your friends but sometimes those relationships even fell apart you know or unraveled because you didn't have anything to really talk about Um, I like relationships and families kind of, you know, shifted and changed the way that they had their dynamic, because again, there's not much to talk about when you're all locked down at home. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at least for myself, if I take anything from this whole COVID stuff, um, it is that like community is super important. And I really want to build that to like, I mean, if I could go and create a little homestead commune somewhere off in the wilderness, I would absolutely adore that. Don't get me wrong. I would vet every single person coming through because I need to know that you're going to be a decent human that I can live with for the next 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> and also my- looking for specific skills to contribute. Exactly. You don't need five carpenters. Right. If you're a carpenter, you better have a special skill set. <laughs> that's that's yeah. part. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like that's something I think you know, a lot of people have realized, especially, oh, I mean, I'd hope so. Maybe I'm projecting into the world, but yeah. But yeah, going back to your topic about um, just like pagan belief systems, I really would love to see what the world would have been like if that existed or if that had happened, right? Yeah. Because like, think of like, for example, the Druids or the Celtics, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Celts, I should say. Um, there was so much that wasn't written down because if you weren't a part of their, you know, system of worship or whatever you want to call it, like if you were a Druid and 
like you, or I should say, if you weren't a Druid, you didn't know about their rites and rituals and their ceremonies and stuff like that. It was really secretive. Yeah, so totally. I'm hearing, cause you know, I can't speak for my Druid self right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, we've lost so much information with that because we, we don't know, like everything that we believe that the Celts, you know, worshiped or, or did everything that we believe that the Druids did. I don't know where they're getting it from because it was not written down there. It might've been maybe like, I don't know, someone's interpretation of what they're talking about or what they're witnessing, but it was never firsthand accounts of the Druids, which is interesting. And also how many cultures have oral history based on the belief that oral history history will always exist and not taking into account that if their community gets wiped out and those storytellers are all wiped out with their community, then so are the stories, right? Because how many different cultures has that actually happened to? Mm -hmm. This is another tale as old as time that always comes through with these waves and these shifts and, and the quickest way to taking over an area or a group of people is to wipe out the very things that they are, um, that are, that they're like compromised or not compromised from, but like where they're compiled from, I guess, like if oral history is part of your existence and that's how you learn what animals to hunt for and how to hunt for them. And then all the hunters are killed off before they can teach their sons and daughters how to hunt. Like, well now, I mean, yes, they're to an extent, absolutely psychic ability, um, and, you know, tapping into ancestors and asking those questions, but it's not an instinct as well, like for sure, um, understanding your body. And if it's repelling the taste of a leaf, you probably don't want to eat that leaf because it's probably going to kill you in the forest. But somebody had to try all that stuff out first before we figured out like this is poison versus not and how to, how to still cook potentially poisonous foods in a way that are no longer poisonous to the human and are safe for consumption, like that kind of stuff so yeah i mean hello akashics yeah and i was gonna say like hello residential schools in canada yeah oh yeah i know that was literally the backhanded intention of it right absolutely which again is a repeating cycle Mm -hmm. because that is also traced back to european history and like the europeans were not kind to each other they're still not kind to each other sad to say but like the witch hunts began in Europe. They didn't, and they ended in Salem. Mm-hmm. They began in Europe, but they ended in Salem. So, and they were actually more brutal to each other overseas than they were to the witches that were hung in uh, in Salem in the mm-hmm. 1650s. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, we could even get into the whole like Spanish Inquisition and like the Knights Templar, and you know, yeah. all of the lovely christianity people wow this is just getting into a dark situation (laughs) um did i i don't know did we talk about the whole like saint patrick driving out the snakes from ireland did we talk about on that on an episode i don't know if we did or not but i actually have read some interesting perspectives about that in the last like Hmm. i find man the internet is fucking amazing you guys love it there's so many different perspectives out there like there's one that it was like, you know, there's a symbolism for pagans. And then there was another one, another article that I read that I wish I would have kept. I wonder if I shared it with you or not, but it really pretty much actually picked that, that whole idea apart, but I actually don't remember the basis of it now. So I, I don't want to continue 
making an ass of myself about it. Um, but I've, I've heard three or four different perspectives of what St. Patrick's Day actually represents. Mm-hmm. So now then again, that just makes you want to question even more what's actually true and what's actually just a bastardized version of history to suit somebody's narrative. Right. Well, and it's interesting because like, yeah, we, when you hear that, oh, St. Patrick drove out all the snakes out of Ireland, we're like, oh, yay, St. Patrick, so exciting. But when you actually look at it, like, yeah, there is, and I mean, I don't know, this could just be made up shit on the internet. But to me, it feels like there's a thread of truth, if not more than just a thread. That it was either symbolism for Druids or symbolism for the Celts, like the Celt pagans. Um, And that driving all the snakes out of Ireland was actually like, let's kill off all of the pagans. <laughs> That's a little bit of a darker twist. And now I'm like, I don't think I want to drink green beer on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's interesting. And I mean, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there. I can't, or at least in this body, I wasn't, um, right. you know, like, I feel like I need to preface that and everything. Cause I don't know. I haven't tracked this shit, but like, I feel like there was, there was some underhandedness to that. And I mean, like, I mean, just looking at the history of the crusades, um, in the middle East there, like, I don't remember how long ago it was. I took a medieval history class, like, I don't know, 10 years ago. (laughs) I wish we were offered medieval history. I had to take world history. No, thank you. Oh, I took it in uh, university. This was university. I slept through that class. Oh, well fun. I, yeah, I got to choose um but yeah it was it was really interesting to see and it went from like the I think we were further back than the Ottoman Empire but like we went from like um Europe did not exist in major forms all the way through like the Ottoman the Persian the Roman those empires and the growing of them and I can't remember how they all kept in sync but I have the textbook and it's super cool to kind of go back and read um but I digress. We talked heavily about the Crusades and how bloody they were and how like horrific they were and like keeping into account that this is literally, I'm going to say it's probably like this textbook was written from a white person's view, not the Middle Eastern's view. Mm-hmm. So this is probably someone who is, you know, of some sort of way, way down the line, some sort of Christianity faith. Um, so if we look at the whole, like, history is written by the victors, typically, right. it's going to be yeah. in a more positive light than, you know, what the the losers or, you know, not really that there's losers in this. There, I mean, yes, there's dead people, which sucks, but, like, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's just really interesting to kind of see how that all goes out. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, like, and I mean, maybe some of it is just based on archaeology, like, and the the archaeologist, um, I guess, facts or whatever. But it's just really disturbing to know that humans do really fucked up things to each other. Like, why do we do that? Well, and to even circle back to the beginning of our podcast, we were talking about the fall of the Western Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, they are why we have the Olympics today, but back then it was literally like bloodshed, spearing, fighting wild animals, fighting each other to the death. And I'm like, I actually wonder if there's a reason why there is such passive aggressiveness in the world because men aren't really given a safe space to 
express their anger without it being shut down. Like when I was teaching, you want to break up a fight. Well, what if these kids needed to just punch each other out for five seconds and then be over it and then not ever freaking have a battle ever again, you know, and like mm-hmm. settle the score kind of thing. But like, you know, we're so we're so quick to denounce violence, but like, what if there's actually a place and a purpose for it, if it's channeled correctly? And what if, now I'm not saying this actually happened historically, because likely it didn't, but like, what if people were actually willing participants rather than, rather than appointed participants or forced into battle? Like we're still getting forced into battles and wars right now, whether that's internet warriors behind a keyboard and behind a mask online or whether that's verbally in person or whether that's literally fighting an actual war in a military uniform you know like I feel like as long as humans are given choice let them choose and let them decide if two dudes want to like have a standoff with spears and fight each other to the death let them fucking do it like why does one person need to go to jail for it like if they've chosen to be here and do this like I don't know, like maybe I'm a little radical in that thought process, but I'm not saying that I would necessarily go and watch it, but really how is it any fucking different than watching the shit show that is UFC? It's still bloody and gory and gross and disgusting. And like, it's still a blatant display of violence. And then you have a whole crowd of men in a bar somewhere watching that stupid ass UFC bullshit that I'm not at all interested in. Can you tell? And what is that doing to them energetically and hormonally? Like, but then what's the difference if they were to get into a ring with somebody and like, just wrestle and wrap it out for a little while? Like, I don't know, like there's such a weird wild world that we, like, it's so weird that we're trying to come away from these things, but yet it really, it hasn't really helped. Like, I don't think it's helped at all. We still are faced with violence everywhere. There's still, there's still places that it's unsafe to walk alone at night. Like, if we were given a proper outlet to deal with our anger and our frustration and to scream it out and not be judged and not name called and, and just have that space held for each other, like maybe even women need to scrap it out sometimes. Cause I know I could definitely, I definitely feel like I want to punch someone in the face, but I, I haven't since I was a young teen, I am go- not going to do it now either, but like <laughs> in self-defense, if I need to, yeah, but I'm not going to seek it out. Like, that's not what I actually want, you know, but like, Maybe I'll get a punching bag for my basement or something because there are definitely days where the rage will uh, try to be in control uh, rather than me being in control. But again, how much of that is also because I don't really share how I feel publicly a lot with the people that I live with. I'm not really interested in expressing my emotions outward publicly. I mean, there's, there's time and place for it again. Like, yeah, like when we've gathered in, in circle and something emotional comes up, that to me is a safe space. I'm in a, I'm in a sister group of sisterhood kind of vibe. Like, you know, it's, it's semi-private and, and, you know, your emotions are valid in those situations, but, you know, hopping on a bus home from somewhere, probably not going to start crying on the bus, you know, I'll probably wait till I get home for that. But like, then that's, that's part of that societal expectation where, you know, emotions, good, bad, right, wrong, are not really well accepted. So what if we had a safe space, or even if we bring it back to that idea of ceremony instead, what if, what if we didn't actually have to express our anger in a violent way, because we've been taught how to channel it differently, or it's been something that is satisfied in terms of hunting and gathering for our family, and that aggression is taken out on, on whatever you encounter in the forest while you're looking for that kill for the family or for the village that you're feeding and that kind of thing like again it's an idea of channeling it rather than or like redirecting I guess maybe channeling is not the right word because that's a bit like it has other meanings besides just channeling your energy but 
like redirecting or focusing your 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 emotional energy towards something in a positive outcome rather than it getting that distorted like messy version that we often see yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting because like I was just saying to you know my husband the other day like because I mean you see a lot of people driving around the city now with like Ukrainian flags and there's Ukrainian flags hanging in the windows and things like that but I guarantee that if I were gonna go like if I were to go and just randomly put a Canadian flag in my window my house would be flagged pun like no pun intended (laughs) yeah it would be flagged and people would just be like oh well she agrees with the trackers you know and I would be seen as like a conspiracy theorist and whatever like it's so interesting even though like it's like the middle of April almost and we're still like our society's hurting right now and they're getting pulled in so many directions it started with I would say that it it became inflamed really loudly with the BLM stuff that was happening in the States a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then the discovery of the residential school grave sites here in Canada, and then the COVID nonsense, and then the, the lack of choice, like choice being taken away. And I have to play devil's advocate here. Has anyone checked on your Russian friends? You're so busy advocating for Ukraine, but have you checked on your Russian friends? Because what kind of position do you think that they're in right now? I have Ukrainian heritage. I know nothing about what's going on over there other than what the media tells me, but I don't think it's truthful. I don't think we're getting all sides of the story. We didn't get all sides of the story with the trucker convoy. We didn't get all sides of the story with with the COVID stuff. How can you actually believe the news anymore? Especially with how they're portraying what's happening with Ukraine. And then I didn't watch the Grammys, but I know you did. And what you told me about what you saw was a bit of a shit show for me. And again... (laughs) Why does it have to be cancel culture? Why do we have to kill one to survive for the other to survive? That makes no sense to me. Why do we have to cancel Russian culture because Ukrainians are the ones being targeted right now? Like, oh, it frustrates me. It frustrates me so much. I'm so glad I'm not a teacher anymore. (laughs) So glad. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's interesting because I was actually watching some Russell Brand videos and I mean... I don't know. I just love that man. He's so great. Um, but he, I actually, I'll send you the link after we get off of this episode. Um, because he did a really good breakdown of the, um, the whole situation in Ukraine and like, how is it like, I don't, I'm going to do a very poor job explaining it, but it's a really good video. Um, and it was just really fascinating to have someone break it down and I mean like I mean Russell Brand's videos are generally like I'm taking information not I Russell is taking information from like articles that have been written whether they're opinion pieces or like you know factual you know research articles sometimes um research actually research you know and mainstream media stuff and all that stuff Mm -hmm. so he pulls all this information in and then he kind of compiles it and then he has a commentary on top of it Mm mm-hmm um and it's just it's really fascinating to see him speak about this in a way that like I'm like oh more people need to hear about this I think the the video that I was watching was um the article was about how Ukraine is in so much debt right now and they're continuous like they're still having to continue to pay for various things yet they're 
um, their entire country, well, most of it is in, you know, various disarray. Um, there's humanitarian aid that needs to be, you know, shipped out to them. You know, mm-hmm. lots of like, I would say that there's probably debt towards, you know, weapons and, you know, various warfare type stuff um, and that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's like the, the gist of this article was like, if you really want to help Ukraine and you really want to stand with Ukraine, cancel out their debt. Just wipe it off the books. But no. That's an interesting trajectory. Right? Because that actually feeds into that idea of um, everyone's debt getting cancelled and then the shift in our monetary systems. Although I still think cash is going to stick around. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I kind of want to pull out this little bit about, you know, choice again and then exit strategies in the sense of you know we jokingly talk about how like what if men were actually choosing to have these fights to the death and it was actually legal and allowed right like let's say this was actually still a thing but then we're also needing to take into account that like yeah okay like I don't condone death at all I don't condone obliterating people at all I don't condone any kinds of war violence any of that kind of stuff especially with like military weapons like can we go back to spears and bows and axes, please? Like, instead of, like, rifles and, and like, scopes that you can see for hundreds and thousands of miles in precision for shooting? Like, that's, like, ridiculous. But anyway, if... I still... I have this belief that might sound crass at first, but I wish more people would understand that even at a soul level, people are choosing their death. And we call them exit strategies. There's multiple ways in which they can play out. But even those that are involved in the war, whatever wars are happening right now on the planet, because it isn't just in Ukraine and Russia. It's not just and it's not just military. It's also like, I'm sure that random village that has never been touched by modern society also kills each other because like, maybe they're doing human sacrifice. I don't know. But if, if, but again, if that's a thing, like if you go back to like the Vikings, like the first season of Vikings that I've watched, like, where that one guy's like, I volunteer, he's Mm -hmm. making the choice. It's an honor for him to be a sacrifice for his gods. He is choosing to do so. I kind of look at it the same way as people that are in the military have chosen to be there. Um, Same with if you're in the police force or the RCMP or any of those like very risky jobs, you've chosen to be there. And if you're killed on the job, you you have chosen that at a soul level, like in my opinion. And it almost makes it a little bit, easier to process death in a way of knowing that this person is choosing it for them whether that's they've created an illness or they've created the timing to take this road home instead of that road but then that road is the one that they you know got into an accident that took their life versus if they would have taken this road like I tend to be on the I I, I definitely when my intuition kicks in when I'm behind the wheel I fucking listen to it I can tell you that much and I had the, the one time I didn't I ended up riding off a vehicle So I'm never doing that again. If my intuition says turn left here today, Carol, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask questions because it has kept me safe. (laughs) That's okay. That might mean that I am avoiding a semi hitting my vehicle and I don't need to have that happen ever again. Thank you very much. But um, (laughs) while I was hit by a semi, that's why the car got written off. No, no, no. But I mean, like, could you imagine if you're like following your intuition and then just started like going in a square? Square. (laughs) Turn left here. Okay turn left here okay 
Yeah, that's fair. Then you fair. make your fourth left turn, you're like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who the F is this in my field? Clearly not me. I get your uncle laughing. Yeah. He would, yeah, he would have some fun with that. That's for sure. Um, he was, yeah, he actually wasn't, he was the, man, he's the only male member of my family that isn't a backseat driver. <laughs> he only legit would guess. never, he would, yeah, only, <laughs> that's totally his sense of humor too. That's totally his sense of humor. But anyways, to circle back around, like, as much as it might be a bitter pill to swallow, these things are happening for a reason. The world is getting ugly for a reason. The more people that open their eyes to actually how ugly the world could become, the faster we can get through it so that it doesn't look so ugly anymore. But what is unfolding feels a lot like a freaking puppet show in a way on all layers and all levels. And I'm not really interested in engaging in the Hollywood puppetry that is happening. And it's not just actual Hollywood, but it's literally like in our government systems, which then controls our medical systems and our school systems. And, you know, thinking back to that, like what if paganism was, a, was actually the prominent rather than the sweeping Christianity and Catholicism that did come through instead? Like, what would our education system look like? What would our medical system look like? Would we actually have more people turning to medicine women and medicine men and shamans and herbalists and naturopaths rather than the heavily embedded disempowered medical grid in which we have that is not actually helping people because I have members of my family that are still waiting for treatment on things that they should have been addressed like three, two or three days ago or a week ago or months ago that like it blows my mind that something like cataract surgery is an 18 to 24 month waiting list yeah. in our province. And if somebody needs a blood transfusion, it might take three or four days before their blood test results get back to the proper doctor who may or may not be on call when the results apply, uh, arrive on their desk to make the call that we need to call this patient in because they need a transfusion again. You know, like that doesn't help you. Of course, shamanism isn't going to help you in that situation either. And there is for sure a place for medic medical care, like in emergencies, like Heck yeah, they're really great at saving the human body. Cool beans. But the preventative medicine is, is completely lacking. It's not preventative. It's topical. It's, it's address the situation, but it's address the pain, but not the situation, not the root cause, you know? And I really feel like, like, like again, this episode of the freaking Vikings, it's flashing of me. It was like when they, they use that hot poker to dig out the infection in the wound from the, from the war. Like, I mean, I'm not, necessarily interested in that style of barbaric medicine but yet they still figured out what they needed to do for the human body to survive and that lineage like is still on like there's still people that have viking lineage on the planet it isn't just galactic aspects that have that lineage you know so humans have survived this long for a reason we don't necessarily need every single injection and every single pill to to continue survival you know like i feel like we need to go almost back to those roots of Let's learn about the plants and what how they can be plant allies in the body. Let's let's talk about essential oils benefits. Let's talk about, you know, herbal tea benefits and how you and like let's talk about the benefits of magic mushrooms and the benefits of other plant medicines that are hallucinogenic, but still have play a, a huge role in helping the psychology of the human body. 
Yeah. What if, what if, what if the world turned on its head and it was, it was a complete opposite of what it is right now. That'd be wild. Well, and it's interesting too, because I think, I mean, it's hard to say per se on all that, because I mean, if you look at the way that the church operated too, during like the middle ages and even coming up into, you know, the early modern era, like medicine was really frowned upon because it was more science-based yes right like once we kind of moved away from the the humors and you know we got to bleed you and all that stuff once it (laughs) started shifting (laughs) you know like you're sick let's bleed you oh wait no you're getting more sick let's give you more bloodletting oh you're (laughs) getting really really sick oh just bleed you again it's fine oh you're dead like (laughs) what (laughs) Because they're taking too much of their blood, guys. Um, oh, that's funny. But like uh, funny, but not funny, right? Like I can't remember when it was, but like when people started to look at the idea of this is an actual human body that we need to learn how it works instead of like God will save us all, um, and they started doing like looking at the anatomy and stuff like that. That might have been like the early eighteen hundreds, maybe the late seventeen hundreds. I don't know. I've don't ask me. Not a historian. Anyways, it's interesting because that was purely science-based. Like it was very, okay, when, I don't want to say it's purely science-based, but a lot of that was sciency. And yes, it was adopted into the church. Like there was lots of nuns and, um, you know, caregivers who would, you know, be of ca- uh, Catholic or Christian faith and had the medical knowledge of how the body works and things like that but historically it was very much a separation from science and church right now it would be really interesting to see how that would pan out with the you know pagan beliefs um because they did have a very good knowledge of the herbals and the different plant medicines and you know, various things that would help heal. Um, you know, I can't remember where it was that I read this, but there was some, I feel it was somewhere in Ireland that like the, the, um, the natives of that land believed that if you were sick and you went and walked on this, this certain spot of the land, you would get better. And like science has now gone to that spot and tested this, this, I don't know, soil or whatever. And they actually found, I can't remember what it was, but it was some sort of like healing properties to the soil. And they're like, look, these people who had no idea about science and how anything worked, believe this thing to be true. And it is true. We can prove it by science. And it's like, science, when will you come up to the speed of everyone who's in like energy work and, you know, herbalism and stuff like that? Like, just because you can't prove it yet does not mean it doesn't exist. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. It's funny also because like, so relatively speaking, religious beliefs kind of go by the will of God in a way. Um, and some certain beliefs don't take any kind of medical interventions at all. Because again, like this goes against their belief system and which is really interesting. And then yet, my experience in learning science at a university level, I was kind of taught, and I really am grateful for this professor's perspective, but he really drew us into 
the understanding that you actually cannot have science without spirituality because what often happens in science is what they cannot explain becomes spirituality and yet what they're actually trying to do is prove what spirituality has already spoken about for centuries Mm -hmm. so they do actually go hand in hand but then we have a third party interference with our government systems who who only want to promote tangible evidence at the front facing and yet might still have some very deeply rooted ceremonial experiences in the rear facing, like, you know, the initiation into, and like in parliament and the vows and the oaths that you take and the ceremony of, you know, inauguration of this or that person into their position. And, and it is still deeply rooted in some kind of religion of some kind or, or similar to religious practices. And yes, a lot of those practices from Christianity were actually borrowed and adopted from the pagans and I've also kind of wondered like I don't really understand the timelines of religion but like what happened before Jesus was there just nothing like were the Vikings not a thing were the dinosaurs not a thing like I you know like it just who ruled the dinosaurs man what kind of god did they have (laughs) tell me that somebody somebody tell me that the great t-rex in the sky I don't know yo like it's such a heavy topic and I I definitely don't I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to impress my judgment upon anybody else because if you believe in these things and they've given you solace in your life cool I'm not trying to push my witch witchy views upon you either it's the judgments and the expectations and the projections that I have a problem with it's not the actual religion itself and what are the original intentions of these religions and how come they've become so distorted over time? Because I almost feel like that's also missing on that whole idea of oral history. Like oral history, it's like a game of telephone, but it's a game of telephone that has lasted for centuries. Things are going to get distorted, but it's gotten so distorted, especially with like the ability to cha- exchange information across the internet too. And like anyone can alter a Wikipedia page to whatever suits their fancy, because there's been definitely some pretty good pranks on there in my lifetime of, of it, of its existence, you know, and, and like even the trolling of things like with Elon Musk and his opinions on things and like him taking over Twitter and, and someone jokingly saying, I think he actually said on Twitter, can I buy Facebook, which would be entertaining (laughs) AF because he's he's pro free speech right and free speech has been threatened a lot in the last couple of years and Mm -hmm. and like okay does there really need to be a line drawn around free speech or do we instead need to teach others how to manage their triggers when they're seeing something that's offensive to them and help them work through healing the trauma of that not so that it's not necessarily to make that offensive to them thing be okay in existence but just to not let it have so much weight and power over other, I guess, mm-hmm. in a perfect world, I guess. There's more to unpack there, but I don't know that I want to talk about that for another hour. Yeah, I haven't no, unpacked it for myself either. Like I still have to unpack it for myself. So like, I'm not that fully, I'm only speaking from the position where I'm at now. I certainly don't want to cause more harm to others. Like, cause there's a lot of inflammatory things that are being said. And like, maybe I've said things on this podcast that are inflammatory to some people. And that's not my intention. But at the same time, we have to draw a line somewhere and some kind of a standard somewhere of making it okay to still have speech. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like what I have to say. I don't have to like what you have to say, but we don't have to hate each other for it. 
That's very true, right? And I mean, maybe that we need to have a dis- um, was it one of those um, disclosures at the beginning of the episode? Those like the views expressed in this episode are, you know, the sole yeah. beliefs of whatever, blah, 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 whatever, whatever we believe to be true at the time of recording. Yeah, we, I, and I will fully say, like, I am open to changing my mind about things. Absolutely, my ultimate goal is to find middle ground and to keep the peace and to look at the brighter side of things and realize like if this person is offended like they're coming from a hurt place and that's valid but why choose victimhood when you can choose healing mm-hmm. good question so anyways how's how's things <laughs> how's things yeah on a lighter note i am reliving my youth and i purchased a bmx bike that i never thought i would ever purchase and i've been hemming and hawing for a long time about this bike about having a bike in general i've been researching whether i want a hybrid bike whether i want one of those road bikes whether i want a mountain bike i bmx was not even on my radar let me tell you that i also didn't know that bmx were normal size like i've only ever pictured the smaller framed ones that like kids will ride with the smaller tires because they want the the functionality of like whipping around corners and stuff right um but what i was ultimately looking for was a bit of a recumbent feeling when I sit on the bike and mountain bikes aren't really like that you almost have to I almost feels like you're posting like if you've ever ridden a horse and you post on a horse like that's kind of what it reminds me of and just the the angles at which my body creates having to ride a mountain bike I feel too forward facing and I feel like if I hit a hit a rock the wrong way like I'm already half over the handlebars and I and I've already had that experience once I did have that experience when I was a kid I had a pothole and I went flying over the handlebars I don't want to have that experience again obviously right but um, it just didn't feel congruent with my body. And I was just kind of looking at these bikes and sitting on them at like the local Walmart and just checking things out to see if like, well, do I want a mountain bike? Do I want this? Do I want that? Majority of the bikes out there are, are men's bikes with that higher bar, which makes it harder for people. Like, I don't like climbing over the bar. I don't like straddling a bike with a high bar either. And I'm a chick. Like, I can't imagine that being comfortable for dudes. I don't really understand why the men got the straight bar frame and not the lower frame. Like it makes no sense to me, but anyway, um, maybe there's some aerodynamics involved in that. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But anyway, it's a little bit different. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. Anyways, I sat on this bike at the store and I thought to myself, this is the most comfortable bike I've ever, ever sat on. The handlebars were a little bit higher than a mountain bike. And this bike is motherfucking metallic rainbows. It is metallic rainbows in color. And I don't even care that it's from Walmart because it'll suit me fine until I decide to splurge on a $1,500 expensive bike somewhere for when I'm actually mountain biking in an actual mountain range. Then I'll invest in a mountain bike because I will need the gear shifting for that. But I then also realized like, so I was chatting with my nephew who is a BMX bike rider. He loves the stuff. He's, and he's always um, joked around with me and like, I've gone for bike rides with him, but again, like me on a mountain bike, him on a BMX, not the same kind of thing. But I was like, well, I kind of tried to talk myself out of it a little bit. Like, is it really the bike that I want? Um, it doesn't have gears. It has handbrakes, which I actually also don't like about mountain bikes. I don't like the handbrakes. I liked pedal bikes, um, pedal brakes. Cause as a kid, that's what I was most confident in. Like I knew that if I reversed the pedals, I could, I knew my stopping distance better than these stupid handbrakes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but then I was sitting there and I'm like, but do I even fucking use the gears? Because I actually don't on my mountain bike. I have it at the one setting and I leave it at that one setting. Even if I'm going on an incline, I'll either just hop off my bike and climb up the incline if I can't actually cut it on the bike, or I'll just burn my quads and climb up the hill with my quads on fire. And that's part of the workout, right? Um, so I realized that I didn't need the gears at all. And I was like, well, whatever, like, I'm going to go try it, buy it, whatever. So I bought the bike and I took it for a spin today and I had to raise the seat on it because it was still too low. But now that I've raised the seat on it and I've adjusted the way in which the handle, the brakes of, they were on a weird angle downward. Like, I don't know, like clearly whoever built the bike at Walmart was probably just doing it based on the photos and not actually thinking about functionality. They installed the, the reflector light in a spot that was it was flopping all over the place and I'm like this isn't right so I've, I've moved a couple of things already I've tweaked the height of the seat I've tweaked the handlebars where the brakes are so I can grab onto them and it's the most comfortable bike I've ever sat on and it's a BMX not a mountain bike because the handlebars are higher for me so I get that recumbent sensation when I want to but even to stand in post on the bike I feel like I have better leverage with this style of frame than I ever did with a mountain bike. I don't feel like I'm tipping forward and I'm top heavy. I actually feel properly balanced and it has pegs on the back wheels, which I've always wanted since I was a kid. So maybe I'll get to the point where I can like Tony Hawk some hills and flip around. And we used to do that when I was a kid, there was this construction area, not that far from our house, which is now have houses on it, obviously. But like when we were kids there, they didn't. And they had these mud piles that we would just go on and bike around and cycle and circle. And it was uphill, downhill. We would spend hours there. We would come home for lunch and then we would go back to the hills and we would come home for dinner and we would go back to the hills and then we would come home when it was dark. That's a lie. So I haven't done this in 25 years. So the moral of the story is buy the fucking bike, you guys. <laughs> buy the bike. And if it's metallic rainbows, even better. Even better. It's great brings me joy <laughs> I'm excited that is, I think the best thing right like as long as it's something that brings you joy and doesn't hurt anyone else that's right you know because I mean no I'm not gonna go down that road never mind um but yes if it brings you joy and it doesn't hurt people go for it absolutely absolutely yeah I'm here for it I'm here for it I'm open to conversation. I'm open to the fun stuff. I'm open to whatever this year brings because I'm not in control of it anyway. I'm only in control of me. Yeah, who knows how this year is going to pan out? I got no idea. This year, like, I'm, you know how they jokingly say, like, well, I, I want a preview first. Well, if January was the preview, I don't think January, I don't even, I don't even think we can actually pinpoint any of the stuff that's going to happen this year. I don't think it's, it's, I think it's just a chaos year. Like the last two years. But like it still feels different than the last two years. Like it feels like a weird level of acceptance of it. Yes, but also like shit's getting weirder. Like, I mean, with with 2020 and 2021, we had COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, and now it's like we've had civil unrest with like, you know, or I don't know, can't really call it an uprising, but like protests. And yep. then we had um, the Emergency Act being invoked, at least in Canada. For five um, seconds. For like, not even, it was literally like, it's not fully pushed through. We have a whole meh, 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 meh. Oh, that whole but we're going to use it anyway. 
such a roller coaster. Yeah. And then like, oh wait, no, we're gonna pull it. Ha ha. Yeah. I hate. Anyways. These are my views that I express in the safety confines of this podcast episode and do not reflect the views of everyone else on this podcast. (laughs) Or the platforms in which we are publishing them on. (laughs) Yes, there we go. Covered our butts. Um, But then like, and then Ukraine and Russia and the whole thing. And like, I don't know, there were the Olympics somewhere in there. Like, it's just, there's a lot of weird shit happening. Not that the- And Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, like- what is oh, happening God. and then you want to go back to the whole like violence is not allowed or like your whole conversation about men being passive aggressive blah 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 something about violence when you said that i exactly thought of that and it made me chuckle because <laughs> i was like hmm hmm yeah. yeah i mean again i i would honestly argue that that is suppressed anger that has not been able to be healthily expressed Absolutely. and and then you have an irrational explosion because I can tell you right now the more I'm angry about something and the more that I have to suppress it the more irrational I get and it's not pretty mm-hmm. and that's unfair to those that are involved in that not that I've ever like I'm not saying that I'm like physically violent because I'm not I have the thoughts but I don't have the actions and that's where the human condition comes in right where that's where you have the control and the choice like I'm going to be verbally aggressive before I'm ever going to be physically aggressive. And I hope that I never, ever have to lay hands on anybody else ever, even in self-defense, because I'm hoping that that situation never has to present itself. I'm not calling that in, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, at at least I know that if I had to, I would be okay. But what a shitty world to live in that I have to have that in my mind as a possibility, as a possibility at some point, because there's so much other unrest in the world that you don't actually know what's coming at you. Mm-hmm. you know it's not no no thanks i would just like to live in the forest and not talk to most humans we should just start our own little like island um, off the somewhere tropical that you know we can just have our own saying and stuff and we'll just push away everyone else which is kind of funny because there's an m night Shyamalan movie called the village about that where like a group of have you never seen that i don't like his stuff thank you very much oh that okay so first of all that movie scarred me to death that's but why it i don't watch the craziest twist and i will tell you after this well i mean whatever if there will be spoilers that's fair spoilers. i'm never gonna watch it so it's not gonna spoil me <laughs> no if you have not seen the village and you think you want to see the village pause keep going <laughs> just just don't listen to this the ending here anyways so what we find out at the very end okay so very brief overview there's like this village it's like i don't know old tiny village there's a whole bunch of people come together they say don't go into the forest um because there's some sort of creature out there that is going to harm you if you go into the forest so probably a windy boy surprise surprise people go into the forest and get missing or something go missing shocking right Mm, shocking so and like it's been some time since i've watched this but anyways um and like there's some sort of thing there were like certain days or certain times you're supposed to do something to your door and if you do that to your door then they won't come into your home um so there's really really creepy right so then we find out that the or at least this creature that we had seen in the forest 
is actually a um, mentally challenged um, individual who dresses up and does this. I don't know why he does it. There's still that belief. I think he just like dresses up just to play with that belief that there's something out there in the forest. Mm -hmm. Anyways, poor thing gets murdered. Murdered in the sense of like it was self-defense, but he ended up dying. Anyways, fast forward. Oh, because the main character, female, she's blind. I remember that. Anyways, not that it matters. Um, So anyways, we go forward. She ends up going through the forest and she ends up on some sort of like, we can't tell what it is. Well, she can't tell what it is because she's blind. But she ends up somewhere and she's like, what the heck? And so she's touching with her foot. She's feeling something that feels like rock. And you're like, okay. But what we can clearly see as the observer is it's a paved road. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're following, you're following. Anyways, turns out, because like this entire village, I think, falls into some sort of unrest. Um, Turns out it was a bunch of elite people, elite being like they were wealthy enough to buy a plot of land and create their own village they had um no fly zones uh, like um sectioned off they were like completely cut off from the modern world and they like literally set this up it was only like a generation or two removed from the people who had set it up and it was such a big deal and the reason why they didn't want people going into the forest was because they didn't want people going too far and finding these paved roads and actually finding you know, the existence of the modern world outside of it. So very fascinating. Anyways, I think where I was going with that was we could totally do that. Except we won't tell people just not to leave, you know, we'll just explain like if you do leave, we'll be like the Amish. Oh my god. You can gosh. stay with us. But like if you want to leave, then that's your choice. Goodbye. See you later. Let's not yeah, let's not get a culty where you can't leave, like Hotel California style. <laughs> yeah. I, there, M. Night Shyamalan has a very interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. I would love to figure out who he's, who he's influenced, like what he, what energies he's tapping into for influence, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, his, the trailers for his movies are enough for me to know that that's not a, that's not a thing that I want to watch. Like, I actually even had a hard time with the violence and the gore that was in Vikings, but that was normal to them. And they looked at that as a sacrifice to their gods and like, you know, a piece of honor, like a act of honor. And like that perspective fascinates me, mm-hmm. but I don't need to see the bloody splurts when someone spearheads another, you know, like that's just not for me. Not gonna lie. It gets uh, worse. Probably worse. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. And that's cool. I just like check my phone, but listen to the sound. <laughs> Look away from the screen. I told you guys I'm a chicken shit about this stuff. Like for like I don't know I'm not something that I talk big about these things but I have interesting perspectives on these things that doesn't mean I would participate you know I'm actually a softy at heart I do actually like hugs just ask for permission first or I might punch you <laughs> no just kidding <laughs> well I'll probably push you away <laughs> yeah. especially if you're a bit of a not a close personal friend you know like random stranger off the street ah yeah mm. well thanks yeah, I project different energy when I'm out in public. You just usually please stay away. <laughs> Don't touch me. Please stay away. Yeah. Just like when I was in the school, uh, at the uh, halls of school in high school, I was kind of a brick wall and I know this and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So to wrap up, 
<laughs> that was like the longest episode that we've ever talked about. Like, like I think we were still in the "Hey, how's it going?" phase, and I was just like off topic. <laughs> That's all right. We went. We've been around the world today with our conversations. Good time. Good episode, I think. Yeah, I don't know any parting words or words of wisdom. Reminder: This is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> um i don't know nah buy the bike buy the bike guys buy the rainbow bike that's my that's my advice this week buy the bike buy the bike do the thing i'm in cool well then we'll see uh no we'll have you guys listen to us i always do that yes you do (laughs) you should do the outros maybe i should do the outros i don't know i guess bye no just kidding <laughs> well actually it is that though but yes um thanks for listening thanks for hanging out with us giving us your time to be in your ears your earballs as i say <laughs> your earballs ear <laughs> oh my goodness oh yeah yeah it's been a good wild ride we've appreciated absolutely. you listening to us for this long absolutely <laughs> god what this p- podcast has devolved into <laughs> Yeah, whatever. We can evolve it however we wish. It's a fun time. Mm-hmm. Just like our listeners are probably a fun time. They should hang out with us. <laughs> hey, maybe one day we'll have like a little like, I don't know. Do a vortex circle. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be fun. A little meet and greet. We could be like a local celebrities of our <laughs> many. Of the five friends that listen to us religiously. <laughs> That's funny. Anxiously waiting week after week. Yeah, we've changed up our schedule now <laughs> yes we don't know when we'll be back it might be a month it might be a week it might be two days we're just like following the energies now like whatever like i mean you've got <laughs> shit going on in your life i got shit going on in mine it's just it's just easier to like you know have things flow especially with the year that we're having <laughs> valid absolutely valid it is what it is i'm here for the shit show i'm here for the the, the carol show the aaron show the, all the fun shows like that's that's what it is <laughs> it is what it is y'all it is what it is i'm in my chill vibe mode more than i ever have been and i'm here for that so Ooh, i'm cool. hoping to find some chill vibes along with the world chaos <laughs> yep stories for I your still, grandchildren i still affirm that i'm that dog sitting in the middle of the fire being like this is fine <laughs> drinking my coffee yep I'm here with it. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, loves. Take care, everyone. See y'all later. Or see, I just did it too. <laughs> Bye. Peace. <Basically. laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>